Welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, the tastiest hour of talk in Music City. Now here's your host, Brandon Still. Hello, Music City, and welcome to Nashville Restaurant Radio, powered by Gordon Food Service. My name is Brandon Still, and I am your host, so excited to be here on a Friday, yeah. Love a Friday, too. You know, I love Mondays, but Friday, damn, Fridays are fantastic, too. I just wish it would cool down a little bit outside. My God. So I hope you guys are doing well. Hey, we got a cool show today. We're going to be talking with our co-host, Jen Ichikawa. And I teased, I talked about this in the last episode, but Jen decided that she needed to take a break and she had a lot going on and she really needed to prioritize some things and i don't blame her uh she had a crazy crazy past couple years and um maybe she'll come back on maybe she'll do some more shows maybe right now she's taking a break so that's good but so today i wanted to bring her in and i wanted to just i just wanted to catch up with her really i mean we ended up talking for like two hours after the interview as well but this is like an hour or so of just jen and i catching up so there's not a lot of restaurant stuff going on here. Some restaurant stuff, mostly it's just me catching up with Jen. And I'm going to put it out as a podcast, and hopefully you like it. How about that? Uh, we are going to be talking with Brian Lee Weaver from the Redheaded Stranger and Butcher and Bee. He has a new venture coming up, new restaurant. It's going to be over there in uh, East Nashville, and he's going to tell you all about it. That is going to be coming up on Monday. I'm super excited to get that episode out there to you. And then we're going to be talking with the folks from Bagel Shop. They're going to be our next week's show. Um, and then I'm going to take a little vacation. We're going to hear from the CEO of Gordon Food Service. I'm going to replay that episode, Rich Wolowski. And that guy's amazing. This is well before they were our title sponsor. But I thought it'd be fun to bring back in. If you're out there wondering who you should buy your groceries from, this is a good dude. And he comes on the show. And he's amazing. He's the CEO of the company. Uh, so I'm excited to uh, to share that with you. That's going to be out, gosh, the, the 19th. we got a lot of stuff going on. I'm going out of town here pretty soon, so I've got a couple episodes on banking. But I do want to tell you about something really, really fun that we're going to start doing, and I need your input. Uh, this is informal, but if you know the places, start sending them to me right away. With our partners, NetChecks, who you know are amazing for HR, for payroll, for hiring. I mean, they, gosh, they're really on for everything. I love these guys. And uh, Anna and Lauren over there have been absolutely great partners. I know that um, that you guys are calling them and you're setting up appointments and you're, you're, you're switching over your HR and payroll solutions over to NetChecks. But we are going to bring back Bracketology. Let me tell you what we're going to do. We are going to bring back, we're going to bring a 64-team bracket. And on this bracket, we are going to identify the number one Mexican restaurant in Middle Tennessee. Yes. We are going to be breaking it down from every single area, every category, Bellevue to Mount Juliet to Hendersonville to, to all over. And I need your submissions. If you have a really good Mexican restaurant in your area, and I'm talking locally owned and operated, Chewy's does not count. Okay, I'm talking La Hacienda, 
Uh, my Bellevue, my favorite is El Aguavero. I love Cancun as well on the borders. Those are my Bellevue places that are like right by me. But maybe you're a Tito's fan. Maybe you're a Pueblo Real fan. Maybe you're one, you know, there's a million of these restaurants. We're going to take 64 of the best ones. Uh, we, I don't want to forget my friend's Memo, uh, Memo's restaurant up there in uh, Mount Juliet. Those guys are amazing too. But we're going to have 64 of these, and we're going to put it out there for a vote. And it is going to come down to a final four, and then we will have a grand champion. And what we are going to do, Mexican Independence Day is September the 16th. It's a Friday. We are going to throw a party at the number one restaurant. Whoever wins the thing on September the 15th, we're going to have mariachi band. We're going to throw a huge Mexican Independence Day party for the best Mexican restaurant in Middle Tennessee, and you will all be invited it is going to be a great, great time. We're excited about putting this out there. Stay tuned. We're probably going to have voting start the last week of July, but I need your submissions. So go find us on Instagram at Nashville underscore restaurant underscore radio, and then just DM. Say, hey, look, this is my favorite restaurant. Tell me what part of town you're in and tell me what your, your favorite Mexican restaurant is, and we will ensure that uh, we get them. The most submissions will get you into the contest there's way more than 64 or 65 i don't know 64 teams maybe there'll be a plan i don't know but i need you to let us know and this is all going to be brought to you by our friends over at net checks so really really good stuff we are also going to be bringing back brandon's book club right i know you guys were all really excited about it last time we do it and i hate the name but hey you know maybe we can name it something else uh we're going to start off with michael Easter's book, The Comfort Crisis. And it is going to be uh, for the month of August. So we'll get that going here in a little bit. But if you are excited to join a book club, and then we're going to have, we're going to provide some books for you. We've got a lot of parameters around. I'm not going to go into all the detail yet, but just be excited that we're going to start back Brandon's book club. Yes. So great people around us. Uh, I think Robbins Insurance is going to be helping with that, helping buy some books and going uh, to be partnering with us there. But NetChecks and Robbins Insurance, amazing companies that uh, want to support you and you should support them. If you go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com, you can click the Sponsors tab and you can find those sponsors and there's the special offers for you being Nashville Restaurant Radio listeners. All right, so we're going to jump in real quick with Jen Ichikawa. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy this episode. We'll be back Monday with Chef Brian Lee Weaver. Super excited today to welcome in my co-host, <laughs> Jen Ichikawa. I want to say co-host because I'm you're not the former co-host. You're still the co-host to me. Okay. Does that work? Yeah, that's fine. Yes. I mean, this is a guest appearance right now, but yes, that's fine. <laughs> you are on the other side of the table. You're not sitting, you normally sit next to me. I know, but you rearranged it. And so I was like, well, I'll just sit across. Plus, I haven't seen you in a while, and it's better to talk, I feel like, across. Instead you. of like sitting next to each other. Yeah, like the nobody... people that sit on the same side of the booth. Like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just miss you so much. <laughs> I miss you too. I feel I love doing interviews with people and it's so much fun, but I miss your perspective. I miss just you. I just talked to Brian Lee Weaver and I was like, he was like, where's Jen? And I'm like, I, you know what? She needed to take a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. I said she had to take her. She had some things she wanted to prioritize. 
mental health and like yeah. just all of the things that you got to do. And I totally was here for it. And I'm excited to have her come back in today to be the guest on the show. But really, I just want to catch up with you. Right. Yeah. 2021 was um, a really emotionally exhausting year for me in a lot of ways. Having uh, my husband got sober and, you know, our kids were growing so fast. I feel like I'd never understood that idea of like, oh, the days are long, but the years are short, but it's true. It's their first year went by so quickly. And then I think about six months ago when we celebrated their first birthday and that feels like so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like so it long ago. It feels like so long ago. And now they're a year and a half. And any, anyway, the development is wild. I was like stalking myself online. Do you ever do that where you just like, what do I look like to strangers? Like, just check over your profile. Mm -mm. Okay, people do that. I'm pretty sure that I'm not like a lone soldier. No, here. I think you are. <laughs> I'm not, there's I'm no not. way. There's no way. I, it's a thing I think people do. But anyway, I was just like getting my vibe. Like, what's happening here, right? So anyway, I was stalking myself. And I realized that I'd posted back in like February about Ezra walking for the first time or like really committing to walking as opposed to like crawling. And I'm like, that was February? Because I feel like he's been like now he runs everywhere and he's all out. He's into everything. Noel can like open doors like they've just grown so much. And I'm like, that was only February. That feel also like as a country, we've gone through so much since then. Like it's just like a never ending new thing. And like so many emotions are poured into that new thing, whether it's my children or the country or my husband, whatever it is. It was just like too much I felt like there was no room for me anymore and I needed to like carve out space for me so I stepped back from a lot of things yeah no I'm and that's a good explanation yeah there it is yeah so wasn't that you just didn't like doing the show and you hate me <laughs> yeah it was, it was like <laughs> a little bit that <laughs> no no I just I really needed to carve out space and that's like finding a nanny that really works for us has been so great too and did you so find we, one we did we we this is our second one we started with one that like was a nice person I just think wasn't the right fit for what we really needed and that's kind of the hard thing about kids is that I'm learning is like you don't know when you're fucking up. You don't know when you've made the wrong choice until you've already made it. So like that woman, it was super nice, but like it just wasn't the right fit for our family. But yeah. how could you know that when you start, right? Well, it's so, like anybody you hire to do anything. Yeah. They're going to put their best foot forward on the front end right, until they actually like, do the job. You don't know totally. what they're capable of. But like you also don't know what you're looking for exactly, right? Like we had an idea of what we thought we were looking for. And, and that wasn't it. <laughs> and so then we had to like, we spent a couple weeks like really thinking about it and like putting together because I'm a list person. So we like would put together lists and stuff. And anyway, it just all fell to like, okay, well, we should start the search for a new person. And so we found this like amazing woman who I love so much. And we're like, we have a lot of mutual friends, which also made me feel more comfortable. And they all had incredible things reference checks and stuff like that they all had like incredible things to say about her and so now I feel more comfortable leaving them with her and she's only with them like a few two nights a week and one day and my one day I like grocery shop alone which is if you don't know that that's like pleasurable it's pleasurable <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say like these are the things that people don't they, they you get so much unsolicited advice when you're pregnant yeah the, like these are the things like after you have the kid you're like oh yeah you guys were right 
Yeah. Like and the, the people that would tell you stuff, you're like, I, I get it. Thanks. But until you walk through Target yeah. alone, and this is, I don't know this thing because this is my wife's, because I do that stuff. Like, I'm right. I'm, I'm the, Brian does, says the same thing. He's I'm like, typical, I grocery shop alone all the time. I'm like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, no. You don't understand. Like, for her, when you go to the store with the kids, mm-hmm. first of all, you spend an extra $100. That's ridiculous because yes. they're yes. like, they they're cannot grabbing. stop grabbing. And you're just like, stop, stop, stop. Well, and Noelle Stay is her. like, a th- okay, I love my kid and I hope she never listens to this, but like, she's kind of a thief. So I don't know that she's pickpocketing, not people, but places, which I'd rather it be corporations and like individuals anyway. But like, truly, I'll be like, Noelle, weird. Like, she stole from her church a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was an empty Play-Doh canister. They were fine, but I did have to bring her back and be like, this is not your toy. This is their toy. And they were like, it's okay. I'm like, I'm teaching a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I have to do today to teach this And like, this she's lesson. 18 months. I'm sure she's not like fully comprehending that that's not her toy. But like, she just accidentally. So anyway, I'll look in the cart and suddenly there's like a payday or like a, like something that she just needed to hold for the whole time. And now I'm buying because I can't, if I take it, there's a tantrum. So like, <laughs> and you have to take it back in and do that yeah. because that's when we teach our children, this is one of those big things that like you hear, you watch a video on social media. It's like the mom will get the kids to the car and they never rang up the payday that was in the bottom of the cart. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I guess that's their fault. Now we get one. Like those little things, just those little mo- It's a moment of truth that your yeah. kids see and they go, well, you don't go back in and pay for it. Why should I have to? Right. It's like those tiny little things like, no, that's what you need to do. every Yeah. Time. And we're trying the gentle parenting route, which is like kind of this. I, I don't know if it's new or not. Like I've only been a mom for 18 months. I don't know if it's new, but it's new to me because all parenting is basically new to me. And it's like so hard because it's you have to figure out your own triggers in order to like deal with them. So today I was getting dressed this morning and I was, I was just super frustrated. Like Ezra, just for whatever reason, he's like kind of in his clingy phase right now. And so he wants to be on me all the time, but so does Noelle. And so I have two, right? Like they both just want to be on mommy all the time. Well, mommy also has to like get your breakfast made and like brush her own teeth and like use the restroom and like put on clothes. Like mommy has, mommy's a person outside of a couch, you know, like you're not just a couch, right? So it's like. Golly. So it was like a super frustrating morning. morning. Anytime I put one of them down, it was just like. And if you're claustrophobic at all, having two kids like climb on you, it's like, yeah, just, just move. Just yeah, move just out stop. Of the way. And like putting on my makeup was like a true testament to patience. Um, so anyway, it was a whole thing. And I was like, okay, mommy is getting very triggered right now. <laughs> mommy is feeling very frustrated. Mommy is feeling very overwhelmed and I need you guys to just play with a toy. So we like turned off Miss Rachel is the YouTube show they watch all the time that they love. Um, we turned off Miss Rachel cause I was getting in sensory overload. So we had to turn off. That's them. a real thing. That's a real thing. So God I had to bless. like, I can't handle it sometimes. No, it was too much. So we, we turned off Miss Rachel and then we, uh, gave them each Noel really like stacking and like building. So I gave her like a building toy Ezra really likes his uh, ducky stuffed animal. So he got his stuffed animal and I was like, mommy needs a couple. It did not work. So I went back to miss Rachel, but I went to the Christmas episode, which for them is like, they're really into Christmas, which is cool. Cause we named our kid Noel. Cause I'm really into Christmas. Right. So it was like sure. full circle, like fantastic. I love that you love jingle bells, but we sing it 47 times a day. <laughs> Every day. My wife would love that. No, it's so great. So it's can like, we sing Dingle Bells, please? I love that she loves it. Um, so anyway, I turned on the Christmas episode and then 
was kind of counting down the minutes till the nanny came because I was like, mommy needs a break. (laughs) And now you're here. Yeah. Yeah. I did stop at Starbucks. Like I left a little early to stop at Starbucks and just like breathe for a minute by myself. But yeah. (laughs) We'll take a deep breath. Welcome. Just take a I went to, um, I went to Dude Perfect. Yeah. Do you know what that is? I don't. I saw your post and I like clicked on what that was and I was like, is this a concert or is it a magician? Like I wasn't fully sure. So I had a lot of firsts during this week. So this is like, it's at Bridgestone Arena. Okay. I looked huge. There's a huge stage. Yeah. Right. And these are five dudes who did trick basketball shots. Like 13 years ago, they went like to the top of a big building and they set a basketball goal at the bottom and they kept throwing balls off till they made one. Uh-huh. And the video went viral, multi-million hits and whatever. Uh-huh. And then it was like on the late show and like they were on Letterman or it was some like, what? Like really? Sure. And they just blew up and then they decided, hey, look, let's just do this for a living. So now these five guys just shoot viral videos. They think of the craziest stuff you could do. And it's called Dude Perfect. Okay. Based on the first time that they did one of these shots, the guy had the camera set up, and he goes, how's it looking? He goes, dude, it's perfect. Oh. They're like, dude, perfect. That's what it's called, dude. So it's a guy thing. Sure. There was not a lot of young girls there. It was all, like, it was all kids. Uh-huh. But it was the first event that I've been to like that. Uh-huh. Okay, so I've been to a thousand concerts. Right. Have you ever been to a concert that started on time? No. You go to a show, and the yeah. show says starts at 8. Fully not anticipating to see the headliner till like 9.30. Broadway usually starts on time. Oh, I'm talking about like a concert. Like yeah, you go to yeah, the arena no. to see, you know, John Mayer. Sure. He doesn't come on at 8. Right. The opening act doesn't come on until like 8.30. Yeah. And then you're not out of there until mid- it's, it's a whole thing. But you don't really give a shit because you're at a concert and you're hanging out with people. You're having a good time. Right. Well, at Dude Perfect, it started at 6. And at 6.01, the crowd was chanting. <laughs> Like it was like loud clapping, they're chanting, the wave got started, like and I was like, What the fuck is going on here? Like yeah. it's six oh two. Like calm down. It's like, Oh, these are a bunch of impatient parents with children. You're right. Who are like, dude, it's six, let's go. Or children who are in that phase, like a lot of my mom friends are in that phase with their kids right now where they're like you said we do this at nine and it's nine oh one and we're not doing it yet. You know, it's like <laughs> That's what it was like. It yeah. was like wow, the lack of patience in people in this room is incredible. And I thought, well, it's like 50 to 70% kids. Like eight-year-old kids have the patience of a flea. Yeah. It's not even a thing. And then also the other side of that was like the merch. To buy like merchandise was like the jingle all the way or the movie where like the people are fighting over different things. I love jingle all the way. And I just showed it to Brian for the first time last year. And he was like, I don't understand why this is an important movie for you. I don't understand why it's an important movie for you, but it's like, it's the, in, no, it's just Christmas. Yeah. You have to watch it every year. It's one of the important ones. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I don't. Okay. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Christmas vacation. We have a bunch of them. Anyhow, yeah. you see adults out in public all the time. This is not a shocking thing. Right. You go to concerts and there's adults everywhere uh-huh. having a good time, having drinks, talking, being adults. When you go to an event like this, and there's all the adults, they're in Mama Bear and Papa Bear stage. Right. They're not in, hey, we're adults having a good time. They're in the, my kid wants that. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. What happened here? Like, it's these over, it's very protective parents of their kids. Sure. Like fighting for merchandise and, 
hey, sit down. My kid can't see. You know, it's like. I worked at Disney World. So that was like. That's every on day. Every day. It's like on full display. But I will say, Brian and I were, Kenji. Ugh, I always forget that I call him Kenji on the podcast. His name is Brian Kenji. I just call him Brian. Um, it's okay. You can call him either. Yeah. Anyway, um, Brian and I were talking about how like when I worked at Disney, I was 21 super so 10 years ago I was super judgmental about parents that had their kids on leashes because I was like oh my god like what are they doing but I apologize I get it I totally get it like I'm not saying we're gonna be leash parents but I'm not saying we're not it's fully gonna depend on where we are we did a photo shoot the other day like to celebrate them being one and a half and Brian having a year sober because it was all within like a two-week span and I couldn't, like, it's two kids, three adults, right? Like, we have a photographer. He's an adult. He's busy. He's working. Brian and I are, like, trying to wrangle the children. Ezra, if you put him, he hates outdoors. So if you put him in one spot, he'll stay there. But, like, Noel, oh, my God, that kid was everywhere. The fact that we have any photos of her is actually shocking. And I was like, if we had a leash, though, like, obviously, we'd have to edit out the leash in the photos. <laughs> but, well, like, yeah. but, like, at least you'd know where she was. And I'm, I'm not like an absent parent. Like we're very aware parents. And still it was like, how are you that fast? Like, how are you? So I can't imagine going to like Disney with them at some point or like a concert. Cause that kid is just going to jet. It's Ezra will not. Noel will. <laughs> Isn't it crazy how the, how different they can be? They're so different. I mean, Ezra, they're different from each other, but they're very, they are very much their parents. Like Ezra hates being outdoors he just wants something soft to like sit near or on. He just wants his little lovey, you know, he's, and then he's happy. He would like feed him, make sure he's fully fed and has water to drink room temp all the time. Noel though. He's a guy. He's me. He's oh. like so chill. So like, yeah, we're, we're fine. And like Noel is so Brian, like so eccentric, so loud. So like, let me show you, let me show you, let me show you. Like so excited about everything she's attention span is nowhere near like even a flea like it's just anyway she's all brian um and it's so <laughs> so it's funny that we got like the boy and girl versions of ourselves so far i mean there's they have a lot of time to grow and they're opposite like the yeah. boy is like you the girl's like him yeah, yeah. weird it's so weird and then they have these like big heads of curls that we're a little confused by yeah Right? Have you seen, I mean, you saw their hair. It's so curly. It's strange. We assume it's the Jewish, like, passing down. You never heard about, like, Jufros? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We assume it's like that, but... Because it's certainly not their Japanese descent. No. So, that's all well, we can I mean, do. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how... His whole family has black, super straight hair. Well, then, yes, yeah, not him. Yeah, I think it's not him. <laughs> I think it's you. I think it's probably me. <laughs> How's work going? Uh, you are... Working currently at the Cork and Cow. Yeah. At night times? Yeah. But you're not working today. No, we're closed. We close every summer for the 4th of July for like four or five days. That's amazing. Yeah. He also does it in the winter. But I can't remember what time in the winter. I feel like it's around Thanksgiving. I feel like that week is when we're closed. But anyway, he does it twice a year, every year to like Jason McConnell. Jason McConnell to give everybody just some space and breathing room and. I've been there before, like this is, I'm back. And so this is, we realized it's six years on and off I've been there and it's just home to me. It's just like such a special, safe place. All the people that work there like are still there, you know? <laughs> like, 
Well, I think it's cool because that that's a testament to like the ecosystem, you know, and I think that a lot of that's culture and there's culture at all places. And sometimes you fit really well in that culture. And sometimes it's like a little bit different. Like I think yeah. at Maribol was just one of those experiences that you were just kind of like, I don't know, like this just these, this is not my thing. And I think that yeah. there like is your thing. It is. Yeah. And it's funny because at Maribol, you can point to like many people that it is very much their thing that have been there for years and years and years and when you, if, or when you lose them, right? Like Vernon is a good example. Like that was gut wrenching. Like everybody was sad. Vernon yeah. was sad. That was awful. Um, but now like going back to Gordon Cow, it's like, oh, right. <laughs> like I forgot. And I, I mean, we were talking a little bit, like I'm not, you know, intellectually stimulated in what I currently do. Like I'm just waiting tables again. However, it is like, coming from management back to it is different than it was the first time. Cause the first time I hadn't had that experience. So that's a different perspective for me, which is kind of fun. Um, how has that changed? It's just, I, I'd say it depends on the day. Cause like there are like, we, I don't know. It just depends. I, I think you see the bigger picture a little bit more. Yeah. Or like ways I messed up that used to feel really big to me because I didn't know what else was going on in like the sphere of it, whatever. They don't feel as big to me now. I still feel really bad when I mess up. Like I rang in a really expensive steak and it was not that one. They wanted a different one. <laughs> and I was like, but the kitchen of course already made it. I was like, I'm so sorry. So like stuff like that I feel bad about. However, I also know that that's not that big a deal in the, you know, like it sucks in the moment, but it's not that big a deal. Um, so oh, like, shit happens. I mean, like, yeah. And like, it's if an honest I, mistake. Yeah. And so stuff like that. But for me, like the reason I think it works so well to be there is because everybody is kind of on the same spectrum. Like everybody there is just, we all, not that we all share the same beliefs. We don't, but like service wise we do. And so it's really helpful to be like, oh, I, I firmly trust this person. Like there was one night where Ezra was having an asthma attack. We think we're not sure what it was. Oh no. And I had to um, leave work at seven. Like I was in the middle of tables and I was like, I have to go. We called 911. It was the whole thing. It was very scary. And I had to leave. And not that this wouldn't happen at another restaurant, but like ha how, having it happen there just made me feel, because I came back to work the next day. Everything was okay. But everybody had texted me that night and that morning and made sure I was okay. Made sure he was okay. We're like, do you need anything? Do you need groceries? We'll drop it off. You know, it's just like very family driven. And so then the next day I was like, Hey, I'm so sorry. I, 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 I didn't mean to like, you know, then they're short staffed. Everyone's picking up tables and like yeah. and then picking up tables. You're currently working. When yeah. You left. Like, yeah. So like, and everybody was like, Oh, it's, it's totally okay. Like, don't worry about it at all. We all did fine. Do you need anything? Are you okay? You want a coffee? Like everyone's just, we're just all very like supportive of each other in a way that I haven't experienced as a service staff in a long time except for the last time I was there and I'm like I remember that now that I'm there and the management team is so lovely and those are all I mean you know they're all like my close friends yeah. they were all like in our wedding at my birthdays like so Jason too and so it's just special to be back there like I never feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm or I'm too much for somebody or I'm not enough for somebody like I don't have to question that and I I get to just leave like at the end, like if I don't like a table, which happens, they're only there for like two hours. If they suck, they're there for four hours, right? Like if they're like, <laughs> we're, we're campers. Well, but still, I mean, that's a, that's a huge testament to it's, what you're doing. Yeah, it's, it's like. See why you want to do that. And I've talked to my best friend, Emily, about this a lot. And I'm like, you know, I think 
we generationally and culturally as a country just kind of define ourselves by what we do and by what we do for money. And I don't need to do that. I don't need to define myself that way. Like I'm kind of trying to unlearn that because I'm not, like I said, I'm not super intellectually stimulated by it. However, I'm super stimulated by the kids and like trying to parent consciously and intentionally and kindly and patiently. And that's very hard and put in effort towards my marriage. And then also like I did carve out that space for myself. So I'm writing a lot more and I read at a thing, which I hadn't done in forever. Yeah. What'd you tell me about that? It's called 10 by nine. It's like a, so they do it every month and I did it years and years ago. Um, but they do it every month and it's nine strangers get up and tell a story for 10 minutes and they have a theme every month. And what was the theme? Oh, the theme I read was the things we do for love. And so I literally just like wrote about my day, just kind of wrote about the schedule of the day. I'd love you to give, mm. can you do a little bit of that? <laughs> no. Oh, you can't do a little bit of that? Well, I don't have it like on okay. me anyway, but um, it's, anyway, it's all recorded too. They, I think they release a podcast too about it. I'm pretty sure because they record. Okay. But anyway, it's a very cool event. Um, And I brought a couple of my friends with me and then Brian came, of course, and it was just really like I, I've, I've done this with you a bunch, right? Sure. And so I didn't expect myself to like be nervous standing up at a microphone in front of a whole big group of people. It's done at the Jackalope Brewery by Wedgwood, in Wedgwood, Houston, yeah. like across from Bastion. And anyway, I did not expect myself to like feel nervous. I was shaking, like had to stand up there and take a breath real fast and then like, okay. <laughs> and like, it's nine people. So some stories are great. Some stories are whatever. Um, and the woman that had gone before me was so good. It oh, was so good. I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> she wrote about also being a mother, but about the idea of like having to feed somebody three times a day minimum for 18 years, which I, is a daunting task. And like, you're just always thinking about the next meal and whatever. Her story was so, so, so good. And it ended with them being at Robert's World eating this like chicken tenders together and like how her son was so happy. And I was like, well, that was such a good. Robert's Western World? Yeah. Downtown? Okay. I say? Robert's World. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, is that a place I don't know? Yeah, about? Robert's Western World. Okay. Anyway, it was a good story. And then I got up and um, everyone, like people came up to me afterwards to tell me it was really good and stuff. So I think it was good. But it was just like, even if it wasn't, that wasn't the point, right? Like I just wanted to do something, read my work again, feel like encouraged to write again in a different way, like about kind of without a prompt, like that's a prompt, but it's super general and they do that really intentionally. So last month was, um, that didn't go as planned. That could be about anything, right? So they do that every month of like just these really vague things and the stories are all over the place and it's just a really nice thing. So I, I did that for the first time in I think five or six years it felt good, didn't it? It felt really good. And then I went out afterwards. Like we went to Bastion because it was across the street and I knew a couple of the bartenders and I just kind of felt like who I was before pandemic, before kids, before like, I don't know, just anxiety, I guess. Like that, like, I don't know. It was just fun. It was just fun to like do my own thing for a minute because those are so rare. Um, and so it was nice to do that. That's amazing. Yeah, it was cool. I told my story in a meeting yeah. a few weeks ago, they asked me to, to speak uh -huh. at a meeting and um, I was kind of excited. But then again, again, once you get up there, yeah, you're kind of, there's a weird, 
Like, I, don't, I think you're not normal if you don't have butterflies in that moment. You have yeah. to. Well, I wonder if it's the idea. I've thought about this because, like, here we're just, like, sitting, right? And we're, there's not, you know, 50, 70 people looking at us. But if there were, I think even if we were sitting, we'd film her. I think it's the idea of standing. I think it's like, oh, I'm standing in front of these, like, seated people. It feels very, like, I wonder if it's part of that. Because for me, I think it was part of that. I don't know. I think I, I come across, I think I have, like, a false... I don't, I don't want to say it's false. I don't know. I'm fucked up. There, there's a, I'm not important enough to tell my story. I don't feel like, like I get up there and I tell my story and I'm like, I don't know what the format is. I don't know if I'm oversharing. Cause I don't want to be the guy that's just like oversharing. I'm not trying to bring drama into it, sure. but I also want to talk about key points that, cause I hear people do tell their stories all the time. Mm-hmm. And it always helps me. Yeah. It helps me. Cause I, there's some aspect of something that happened to somebody you know, I think people talk about DUIs a lot. A lot of people show up in my my groups because the court tells them to be there. Right. Like you have to be here. You've had your third DUI. You got to go right. whatever, whatever. And like, I never got a DUI. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a side of me that I'm like, I don't really should. But at the same point, like I could have like a hundred times. Yeah. I could have had a hundred DUIs, but like I, I didn't. Sure. Like I just didn't get caught. And every time I hear people tell their stories, I go, oh yeah, that's me. I just didn't get caught. Right. Like I could have done that. Sure. And it's, so it's always helpful. So I, maybe I, my story would be helpful too, but it was, um, it was easier having done it on the show. Right. To do that in front of people. Yeah. It is. It's so hard. It to made it a lot easier to kind of go, oh, this is the, this is kind of what I said there. I'm going to stay on that course. And yeah. Well, I know. And like, I've worked a lot in therapy about the struggle of like, there's so many voices out there. <laughs> there are that- a lot. Yeah, there are so, I mean, everybody has a platform, even if Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, podcast, whatever, like everybody can have a platform. And so I've always struggled with the, well, is my story important then? Like this person's telling a story that's like kind of like mine or like I agree with, like, do I need to add to that noise then? And I've really, I'm learning to like fight back that voice in my head because there is nobody else that has my story. Like there can be other people that I think are kindred spirits or their stories are relatable or funny or important or whatever, but that doesn't make mine less important. It just makes mine different. And that was part of why I read too. Like I wanted to be like, no, 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 my story, again, it was just like the schedule of my day. There was nothing like earth shattering about it. But I have realized I really want to be like a safe place for people. I want to be like a sigh of relief for people and like, whether that's through sharing my story or just having lunch with them or just waiting on them and making them feel seen, whatever that is, I, that's important too, you know? Yeah. So what I do for money, I think is less important than being that to the world. So that's something I've had to like understand and deconstruct and work through <laughs> and all of that. And I just created space to do that. That's good. Yeah. All those things are positive. Yeah. I need you to create space in here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sitting here listening to you talk and I just, I, I miss you. And I'm, I'm going back into, because I feel like I'm getting back into my old ways. Meaning and what? I'm trying to control everything. Oh. Like I, I want to control everything. And that's part of my alcoholism yeah. is, I think you have to. Like step one, like I'm powerless to it and I can't, sure. but then like step three is you have to give it away to your higher power, like all this stuff, this mm-hmm. insanity that's in your brain. 
And I think that when you come to the two restaurants and then I'm trying to do this Nash Restaurant Alliance and then I've got the podcast and then I've got kids and a wife and life. I mean, it just happens. I think I'm trying to control all of this on my own Mm -hmm. and I can't. And I'm constantly finding myself in a place where I'm like frustrated or short. And I'm what I'm not doing is forming deeper connections. Mm -hmm. I feel like I kind of am, but I'm not in the restaurants as much anymore. So I'm not able to like really form good yeah. connections with people and then i miss you because you were like the person that i could just well was, i talk actually to. laughed like, at the other day you texted me because we were going to do this last week and then you were like oh my god i forgot i had this thing and i can't do it i have to cancel everything and i'm like oh he does miss me because yeah, no for sure <laughs> i was like also half a calendar for you because we worked at the same place well i think it's just i don't have time to build there's these connections and you know, I, you, you've always said like, I fall in love with people that we do interviews with and yeah. I do, I'm in, mm-hmm. you sit in this little room with your, their voice beamed directly into your ears. Right. You can stay focused pretty well. Yeah. And I'm not like, I am ADD to the core. Mm-hmm. Like I can do that and it's fun to do that. But then people leave and you're like, I'm by myself again. Right. And I don't, I can't just like call them and I don't know, I guess I'm lacking like really strong connections. Sure. And I, th- I think that's part of it. And then I'm trying to con- I'm trying to keep all of this stuff going at one time, and I'm like I can't. Mm-hmm. So I find myself falling back into those old ways. I'm not drinking or anything. I just, I know. I but it's like a. They always said that there's a the reason why you drink. There's a reason it's drinking isn't your problem. It was the solution. Right. I feel like that problem is like, and I'm not working the steps. I'm not calling my sponsor. I'm not. I'm going to meetings, but I'm not like doing all the things. Sure. I think you were somebody to me that like I could always talk to and tell you what's on my mind and you sure. give me good, honest feedback. And I just miss that. Well, you can still do that whether I'm here or not. <laughs> you can, True. You can certainly still do that. But you also are like a project accumulator. Like you are very good at like, I think our dynamic worked in the restaurants because you were really good at thinking about what you wanted. And I would be like really good at figuring out how to make that happen well, I was a visionary and you were an integrator. Yeah. So I was, so that worked and I, you don't have, I assume you don't have, I don't know. I haven't been in the restaurants and I don't, yeah, I assume you don't have that. And so that's hard too. Cause then you're like, oh, but I have all these things I want to do, but I have to get them out on. You're also not a list person and I am. So I would list. I'm a list person. I'm just not good at it. Well, you also, you don't keep them in one place. You'll like write it on a piece of paper and then it's like. That's, Where'd that piece that of paper true. go? I have it on my phone. I do the notes thing That's on my good. phone now, which is good because it it's always with me. Yeah. But anyway, I just feel like, so having, like, that's always hard because you are so good at starting a thing and you really want it to work and you really want to do it. And then, you know, it's a lot of things then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding this out. Yeah. <laughs> that how integral your position was to really cull all of the shit that comes out of my head into... This one's doable. This one's not. I'm going to focus on this one. And then you would follow me a couple of days. I'm going to go, okay, so when you had this idea, I did some research on it. I found out we can do this. Let's do this and let's mm-hmm. not do that. Like the farmer's market. Yeah. If we really wanted to do that. I made pretty good progress on that. It just didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. But we do have a lot of, and that's, that's the problem I'm having right now. Yeah. Is I'm the integrator. Right. And Stephen's our visionary. Right. But I can't, my brain can't stop coming with ideas. Sure. And there's nobody that can take the ideas that I have and do anything with them. Right. And so that also is another frustrating thing for me. Yeah. I could definitely see how that's frustrating. I mean, is there, we can problem solve this off air if you want, but is there like a person in each restaurant that you feel could 
Because maybe divvying it up would be helpful between the two spaces. I've never been more confident in our team. I heard it's going really well. I ran, I didn't run into, I intentionally saw um, some of our, my old coworkers, your current coworkers, and they were all like saying how it's, it's great and they're lovely and everyone's doing really well and that's great. You almost wouldn't recognize the restaurant. Yeah, I heard it. I mean. Really good. I mean, none of you were there. Like you were all at your <laughs> at our thing on Tuesday. Yeah, we're supposed to do the interview. You were, yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't get to see everybody, but I saw a few, and they were all saying it's like really great, and everyone's doing well. Did you see awesome. the outside patio? Oh, I didn't even think to look. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I didn't even look. It's all gone. All that red tile is gone. It's all nice stone. We have the lounges and the couches now. I did see the lounge. Um, cause I obviously went up to the office. I was like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so was it the first time seeing the lounge? No, no, no. I was there when the lounge like okay, opened, but it had just kind of, it hadn't like been rolling yet or anything like that. Yeah, no, it, it's amazing. I left in February. It's been that long. Mm-hmm. I stayed like through Valentine's day to be helpful. And then I was like, okay, bye. No, the management team that we have there is better than I think it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And I, I told them last week, we we're literally in our manager meeting, and I said, thank you guys for everything that you're doing. I said, it's been a very scary last seven, eight months for me. Yeah. Because essentially, that visionary side of me, I have all these ideas, and I go, let's do all these things. And most of the time, somebody comes in and says, no to something that I have that I'm wanting sure. them to do. I'm, like, eh, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, okay, well, I can't do it. So never mind. that dream goes away. Right. But with this particular restaurant, I had a very clear vision as to what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And it was a process yeah. of getting onto paper, like what that idea is, and then telling everybody what that is, gauging who's on board, who's not on board, and then trying to bring the people that were not on board on, on the boat saying, come on, do you want to be on the bus with us? Mm-hmm. And then them saying no. And then letting those people go. And then through the 75 interviews to get the other people, the leadership lined up. And then I told him, I said, guys, it's the scariest thing in the world when you have all these ideas and somebody says, okay, do them. Yeah. Like when you get everything that you want, yeah, you're like, I hope this works. Right. Like the, I've never had that opportunity where somebody said, no, do whatever you want. Go ahead and do it. Sure. With their big investment in this huge restaurant. And so there's a lot of fear that, well, I have all these ideas. What if they don't work? And then the fact that they're all working yeah. is pretty cool. Like it's a, okay, like that's definitely very reassuring that yeah, this is a completely different restaurant than it was a year ago. That's good. I mean, it's 100% different. Yeah. Well, and I love all the people on your management team too. We have a, we have a pretty cool team. And they're all so incredibly different. I think that's the main thing. Is that they're all so incredibly different, right? Like personalities, but they all have the same goal. Yeah. So it's like it's not like there's just one way that we're doing it. Right. It's like there's a bunch of different ways, and we're all listening to each other's ways, and we're kind of adapting sure. to each other, which I think is really exciting. Yeah, that's how I feel at Cork. Just I needed to find my own. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. I, I, I totally get it. Totally get it. We're gonna take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, we're talking about maintain IQ for restaurants. Now I've been telling you personal stories about how this has worked for me in my restaurants, 
But let me tell you, he sent me a fact sheet. Uh, Maintain IQ is a modern digital checklist system that simplifies your operations. It's designed specifically for restaurants. You can standardize, track, and manage food safety procedures, temp logs, daily checklists, preventative maintenance, and ongoing repairs. Managers will save up to 10 hours per week. You reduce repair and maintenance spend by $5,000 a year. Staff will know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. Everything is digitally recorded. You minimize liability by ensuring safety, cleaning, and compliance standards are upheld. Wow. If that's something, if any of those things are things that you would like to be a part of, you need to be you need to check out Maintain IQ. Give Will Jackson a call. His number is 888-534-0261. And if you call and have a demo scheduled, and do the demo, I will give you a free t-shirt or a hat. Just DM me and let me know how it goes. I'm so excited about Maintain IQ. You know, we've also been talking about introducing you to new technology, and GoTab is the solution for everything. At GoTab, they believe that operators should let their staff do what they do best, offer an unmatched service experience, then let the systems handle the rest. I read an article the other day that talked about the just the idea that the old school POS systems are dead, that they're going to die. They're all old technology and new technology such as GoTab is going to be taking over. It's an end-to-end platform that optimizes the customer experience with no required mobile app to manage, no expensive hardware or software to lease or buy. You can move quickly and adapt to the future of hospitality. It's more than an all-in-one platform. You don't have to buy a bunch of equipment. You can use existing iPads, cell phones. You can do a lot with this system. This is the future. You need to learn more about it. You need to schedule yourself a demo. The way you do that is you go to NashvilleRestaurantRadio.com. There's going to be a tab that says sponsors. You're going to click that tab and go to the Go tab button, the link. Click the Go tab link. From there, you will be sent to a personalized Nashville restaurant radio tab. Now, if you do want to buy hardware, this will give you $500 off of hardware, but I don't think you're going to need it. This is, if you're wondering right now what solution you're going to need, that you're on a legacy system, I need something new. This actually works with the legacy systems, or you can start over. So many options. When you go to Amazon, it tells you what you need. It optimizes the customer experience. This does that for your guests. Every single to-go order, every delivery, every person who dines in the restaurant can now get that. I don't know why you haven't signed up yet, but if you do, I will do the same thing as Maintain IQ. If you sign up for a demo, I will give you a free hat or free shirt, your choice, and I will deliver them to you personally. Just send me a DM and let me know when it's scheduled for. Love bringing you guys new technology. If you're looking for a POS system or just want to really learn how you can utilize the data that you're making and generating every single day, check out GoTab. I also want to talk to you about Sharpie's Bakery. Aaron Moso is just an amazing human being, and they're local. They're right uh, in... They're right off the White Bridge Road area. So they're in Nashville. They've been in Nashville for 36 years, delivering fresh baked bread to local restaurants six days a week. You can do your own custom bread if you like. They're amazing. You need to call Erin Moso now. Her number is 615-319-6453. Check them out online. Go to sharpiesbakery.com. That's C-H-A-R-P-I-E-R-S bakery.com. 
sharpiesbakery.com or follow them on Instagram at sharpiesbakery and you can see the over 200 types of bread that they will provide. Delivered to you six days a week. This is the biggest no-brainer in the history of Earth. You need to call Sharpie's Bakery now. Do it. So yesterday was 4th of July. Yeah. This is episode is going to come out probably on the 8th. Okay. 7th, right? That'll be Friday, this Friday. Gotcha. Today is Tuesday. Right. For those of you who are following along with the days. Um, yesterday was 4th of July. We kept saying, like, I feel like it's hard to celebrate Independence Day when all of our rights, not all of our rights, but when rights are being well, taken away. A lot away of my people. rights, yeah. Oh, so my wife said, my wife said, it's hard for me to celebrate our nation's independence when I don't have autonomy of my own body. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing was really... Um, pretty heartbreaking for me and that's a lot of I mean for a, a lot of people yeah I I struggled with I mean I was very affected by the very emotionally affected by the uh shooting in Texas a few weeks ago a month ago when was that too recent but yeah, so yesterday. much has happened right like yeah. so that was really gut-wrenching and I just like kind of sobbed for a few days about it And Brian and I talked a lot about the fear of sending our kids to school and like if we want to make that choice or not. And then this happened and well, and there were shootings in between there. There was the Chattanooga one. There was, you know, or was it Knoxville? There was one yesterday. Yeah, there was one yesterday. So Chicago. There's just, and then there was that unarmed black man that was killed again by police, um, shot 60 times and they still handcuffed him after he was passed. It's just... There's so much sadness and grief in being an American, I think. And if there's not, if there's just pride, then those aren't people I'm, I'm normally friends with um, because I, I don't know what there is to be proud of right now. Um, so we didn't so – I've Brian has always called me an expatriate. <laughs> I've never, like, really – I've never like bought into like the nationalism idea. I've never thought we were the best country. I've because I grew up. I was born in 1990. I grew up like 9/11 was. I was aware of. I was 11 or 10, 10, 11 when that happened. So to me, that's a really pivotal moment. And like, oh, okay, well, we come together. And then after that was the recession, and then essentially another. And, and like all of the big things that have happened have happened as I was growing up as a millennial, which like a lot of millennials talk about, right? Of like, well, we've seen all these unprecedented times our entire life. So we've never, I think our group has never felt secure in the future. We had a hard time getting jobs out of college due to the recession. Uh, But boomers were telling us we needed all these experience and all this time before we could get an entry level. Like there was just all of these issues within, within the country already systemically. So I never felt like America was the best and it just keeps, it's not trying to like fight that. Like it's It's just like like, going backwards. Yeah. And it's, it's scary having a daughter. It's scary. Like all of it is very scary. Um, and yeah, pretty, pretty gut wrenching. Um, so even on like soy's Instagram page, I try not to put my own personal opinion on it too much because I'm not the sole owner. Right. Like not that they disagree, but still it is like, I think businesses have a hard time of figuring out what to say in all of these things because we've now made businesses to have a voice, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's important you know where you spend your money and all of that. 
Um, but I do have a hard time with that every so often as representative of the company. Um, so even with soy, I just posted that like we were closed and I didn't do a 4th of July post cause I was like, mm, I don't think that that's necessary. It's necessary. Everyone knows that we're closed. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's necessary to like wish everybody a happy fourth. And you know, I struggle with being hopeful or finding hope in the future of the country. I, I struggle with that a lot. Um, but I hope that it gets there. I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. It feels like an overwhelming problem. It is. It's a very overwhelming problem. And it's like, how do you, I think that's the thing that it's funny. Cause my whole feed is people that are angry. Yeah. Mine's which, mostly mine too. Yeah. Which is good. <laughs> um, and my wife is angry because her feet is different because she has a lot of friends from like her, you know, she grew up in White House in Lebanon and sure. she goes up there, there's just people that are just saying crazy stuff right now. Like yeah. God wins. And it's like, what? what? Yeah. God wins? Yeah. How is this a thing? Um, and I go, not, not, not my feet. My feet is about people who are afraid of what's next. Yeah. It's not even a like, well, like, how do we rise up against this thing right now? Yeah. And I, I don't know the answer to that. I think as we talk about it, I think that's why I, I want to talk about it on the show. I don't know how to, I don't yeah. know as a, I mean, you know, it's such a big thing. I don't know that there's a, cause it's so layered that, and they're all joined. Right. So like right now there's this woman I follow. I feel like I realized yesterday, I think I've been saying her name wrong. I always thought it was the mama attorney. Like, that's what I thought her handle was. And then I realized it's the mama, right? Like, that. that is, and then it's just attorney. So I'm like, there's no way it's the mama attorney. Like, the A is has to be attached to that word. So I don't know if it's the ma'am attorney. I have no idea. Anyway. Is she an attorney? Yeah. Okay. And she's, um, she, like, mostly, she's super feminist. Like, she's just very, like, aligned with everything I believe, and I love her. But she's been really helpful in, like, what she's posting towards understanding what's going on, understanding the litigation behind what goes on because we are in a trigger ban state. So that's a big thing. Um, understanding how women can buy contraceptives as of now, Biden should be putting in an emergency order, but he's not, he can declare a national health emergency to make sure that contraceptives can go through the mail still, but he hasn't done it. So I don't know if he's going to, <laughs> doesn't seem like it. Um, so I don't, but she's been really helpful information wise and like, if you, if you are a woman and, or have a uterus and are concerned about ectopic miscarriage, what that litigation could look like against you, I would recommend following her. She is really like actionable. The mom ways. attorney? <laughs> M-O-M-M-A? No. T-H-E-M-A-M-A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y. I'll share it on my page too. And she's like, she's really, really great. But, um, so following people like her that know more than I do is really helpful for me because I'm like, I feel like we all, we all have this like individualistic idea of America because that's how we were brought up, right? Like you want to, you want to achieve the American dream. This is how you achieve the American dream. You have to take these steps and pull yourself up by the bootstraps and whatever, like all those old adages. And it's the United States so we do need to do it together and we haven't figured out how to do that. So I think she's really good at being like, okay, well, here's how I'm going to help you. And here's how I can help you. And she also works with like, she was posting a lot about that shooting and saying like, I mean, guns aren't regulated in the way that they should be. They did just pass a law that's supposed to be a step. It's the biggest step in 20 years, but we're celebrating like a pebble, you know? Mm -hmm. 
So, but there's a formula shortage. They they turned down the law that was supposed to um, help with women that were breastfeeding or pumping at work after they made everybody <laughs> pro-life. You know, it's like they haven't made any room for babies or for mothers or anything and then just said you have to do this. And I know I've gotten on my soapbox on this show specifically about like health or wages for childcare and how like outlandish they are. And I just feel like everybody is pushing women back in the home. Like that's just what it feels like to me. It feels like everybody is like, no, 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 you have, your body does a thing and that's what you're here for. And that's it. And like, I love being a mother. It is the best experience I've had on this planet, but it's hard. And I chose that. And I just think everybody has the right to choose it or not. Also, there's a lot of not great mothers. There's a lot of bad mothers. There's a lot of bad fathers. There's a lot of people that should not have, should not be parents. So I, I don't know. It's just, it's so all together. Have children, but don't send them to schools because if you send them to schools, there could be a school shooting, but we're not going to regulate those guns because why would we do that? And also we hope you're breastfeeding, but not at work. And if you aren't breastfeeding and you need formula, I'm so sorry. You can only buy one at a time because we're in a massive shortage. Like what? (laughs) What? Yeah. That's what, like, how is that the, none of these things make sense. Uh, Yeah. It's overwhelming. So I hope, I mean, I will still vote blue for everything, even though the Democrats aren't doing anything. Um, I am too afraid to not vote for them. <laughs> well, I just, I told Brian, I said, I'm not afraid. I don't have a lot of anxiety. I don't, for, for somebody, I think yeah. restaurant people. I have so much. I have enough for both of us. Well, good. Well, thank you. Um, thanks for carrying. Yeah, happy to take that one. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> no, and I, you know, I'm an older white guy. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, Are you a boomer? No. Right? No, I'm a, I'm on, I'm right on the cusp of X and um, millennial. Millennial. Yeah, I'm 43, so I think like 40 and under right now is millennials. I'm like a couple years. I'm like the last generation of people that didn't grow up with computers. I didn't grow up with computers. They were introduced as I was introduced. Yeah, but like I'm saying, I was 10 when I was I was 11 when you were born. Yeah, but like when I was 15 in school, like Microsoft came right. out. Right. I didn't do anything in school when I was 10 years old for computers. We had these big black floppy disks that you put into I a hard drive, floppy disks. and you'd play like w- Oregon Trail or something, or you know. Mm-hmm. Then Carmen Sandiego came out. I mean, it was like old school sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. We had like Pac Man. Mine was like I grew up when those really cool Mac computers were out, like the Apple with all the like colors the, on yeah, the back, like, like see through. Yeah, that was, um, and that was like such a big deal for our school to get those in the yeah. library. You know, nothing like that. We had yeah. the Commodore sixty four. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, my phone right now is like 5,000 times more advanced than that. Yeah. Well, but I still grew up in the time where they're like, you're not always going to have a calculator. And they were obviously wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I use my calculator 75 times a day. <laughs> like, well, now they've changed all the math. You can't just do two plus two equals four. You have to do, if two was a banana and two was an apple, and you put a banana plus an apple, show your work. And it's like, what? Huh. Common core math. is That's a terrible representation of what it is. But it's like they have you go... <laughs> all that I heard somebody say today that that was like you could walk in the front door mm-hmm. to get to the kitchen but they like make you walk up to the front door no I need you to walk around the side of the house walk through the garage walk through this way to get to the front door like 
Why can't I just walk through the front door? What's That's the like benefit? What, is it supposed to like and help with critical thinking or? I, I, apparently. I mean, I do think we have a critical thinking problem in the country. <laughs> no, we have a patience problem in our country. Yeah, I think critical thinking, patience, separation of church and state. And I love church and I like, let's be clear. I love my church. I love our church. <laughs> but like. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I just, I don't understand. I feel like we make things difficult. Well, Lauren Bobert the other day said that this separation of church and straight ch- church and state needs to end, and that that's a bogus thing. That that's not even real. Like that it needs this just needs to be like a Christian country. Yeah, except it is verbatim in the Constitution. Oh, I know. I'm yeah, crazy yeah. People. It's wild. It's pretty. But that's what I mean about critical thinking. Um, I think we have a severe lack of that. Where it's like, like the during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, when everyone was boycotting masks. And they were like, my body, my choice. And it's like, okay, I disagree with you. Oh, total, total. Total. Like, I, I totally disagree with you. I think this actually affects other people, right? Like, the critical element there is that it body, affects other people. Yeah. right? However, my body, my choice used as the pro-choice movement anthem does make sense because it is my body. It's not affecting another person. Their idea is that it is, but... It's not that I don't believe life begins at fertilization. Neither do Jews. Neither do a lot of other the satanic religion. Like there's a lot of religions that don't believe that. Um, but anyway, there there is a lot of litigation going on for that because there is a separation of church and state. And so other religions that do not believe life begins at conception are saying, "Whoa, this goes against my religious freedom." Uh, well, it does. It does. It and clearly so, does. Litigation-wise, there's also a lot of that happening. So I, huh. I know it's heavy and sad. Vote. Yeah. People. Yeah. Vote. Yeah. That's the, I guess that's the only thing you can really tell people to do, right? Is uh, it vote? Donate to local abortion funds for women that do need it. Um, you- Will women be able to travel to states that? keep it legal to do abortions? Um, I don't know. I do know that they're saying to, if you do do that, to delete your period tracker app so that the government, because they can pull those records of like your period tracking. They can pull the records of like your spending. So like we're not buying any, we, I am not buying like tampons or pads or anything like through my credit card anymore. We're taking out cash and buying them at other places. Like, um, you can't send things through the mail right now. There's a lot of issues within that. So I think, yes, but we have to be very, 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 very careful. Don't put anything in writing. Only tell people you super, super trust. Don't make sure nobody's recording anything. Like there's so many. So even if you do get pregnant, you live in a state that is now illegal. Mm-hmm. If you go to another state, they can say, you were pregnant. Where's your baby? Yeah. So you have to. God, that that is messed up. Uh-huh. Like Louisiana's was really strict, and they can go after doctors. So now doctors are stalling like important medical procedures to talk with lawyers to see if they can do it, <laughs> because ectopic pregnancies do hard like can endanger the life of a woman quickly. So can sepsis. Like if they go into sepsis, it, there's so many layers to it, and that's what I mean. Like they just the ramifications of what they did, of what the Supreme Court did are bleeding everywhere now and they know that i just don't think that they care which is a bummer and clarence thomas like 
The only reason I think he didn't mention interracial marriage in all of those things that he said we should revisit, which was contraceptives and, you know, what you do in the bedroom and who you do it with and uh, same-sex marriage is because he's married to a white woman. I think otherwise they would fully come for interracial marriage. And, you know, that directly affects us too. (laughs) I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, it's all scary. It's all scary and like kind of doomsday. And um, I don't know. I always think like, this is the worst that it is. And I do think that. Um, but I also think our country has gone through a lot of really dark periods and there was always a dawn. Um, and so I hope and pray for that dawn. Shit. I'm going to be depressed the rest of the day. Yeah. Well, aren't you glad you had me in? Yeah. <laughs> well, these I've, I've learned oh, a lot here. I've wait, learned a lot. I meant this to tell good. you a story. I like intentional. I was like, I need to remember to tell this to Brandon. On air. So you don't like my car. You think well, it's I never small. said that. Okay. You've said things around that, right? I said it's small. Uh-huh. I said for you with twins, you need a bigger vehicle. Brian doesn't like my car either. So I That's lost- not me not liking your car. I just don't think it fits. Anyway. So I lost our car keys on Easter. I don't know how. I just like fully threw lost- the car away. Like I just lost them totally. Whatever. Right? Brian cleaned my car yesterday too. Couldn't find them. So we, they're gone. Okay. So then well, I'm now using his car keys which are our spare so that's it if we lose this we're really fucking damned okay i last week could not find my car keys and i'm like oh my god if i lost these again brian's gonna flip out and we're not gonna i'm i can't get to work i was so panicked the kids were hysterically crying the nanny's like let me help you look i'm like they're like climbing up me couldn't find him anywhere i go outside i'm like i'm just gonna go look in my car i left on a sunday this is now tuesday okay a full day has passed I go out to my car and they are sitting on top of my car. My car keys are. And I call Brian and I'm like, hey, I found the keys. Because of course I texted him panicked. Like, where are my keys, right? I tell him I find them. I take a picture. I send them to him on top of the car. And he goes, you know what that says to me? That nobody else wants your fucking car either. I can't even argue that. Like they, like it was, it was like begging to be stolen, and yet. <laughs> what is the what is the kind of car you drive? It's a Chevy Trex. A Chevy Trex, T R E X. I think I think it's T R E X. It might be T R A X, but that that'd be weirder, right? It should be Trex. I, <laughs> I've never even heard of the car. I know that I probably do not fit in it. It's like a smart car. It's tiny. It's not a smart car. Um, You probably don't fit in it with my rear-facing car seats. I think when my car seats can flip, you might, um, but they are just very big car seats. They are. Rear-facing car seats are huge. Are huge. So I think that is part of why my car feels little. Um, And my double stroller takes up my entire trunk. So we're at the point now where the kids, I thought the greatest day as a dad for me mm-hmm. was going to be like when my kids said, I love you for the first time. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Oh, that was going to be really cool. And that was really cool. Yeah. But when the kids could get, get their asses in and out of the car by themselves. Yeah. It was a pretty special day. Yeah. And I, like getting in the car with two kids mm-hmm. that you have to buckle in and put in the whole thing. It is all, it, it, it's exhausting. It's a and lot. It, it's just a lot. You got to really want to go wherever you're going. Yeah. And yeah. then you go to like, this is the whole target thing. Like then you go to target and you have to get them out of these seats and you got to get them 
into a buggy and then yeah. they're one of them doesn't want to be in them the other one does and the other one wants to run next to the buggy and they always stand right in front of the damn buggy like, <laughs> move old navy has little move. carts it was so great they have little carts so brian and i each had a kid in a little cart and we were like oh my gosh we can like shop like with and they don't care about anything there it's clothes my kids can do all that now on their own and they're four foot five like my kids are oh they're almost as tall as me how tall are you five five yeah, they got like another foot. They're yeah. as tall as you. But like they, they still have booster seats now. But I'm like, they can just ride in the car now, right? And yeah. my wife's like, not until they're 14 or something. I'm like, okay. 14. Well, they're, it's like they have to be like five feet tall or six, five and a half feet tall or something before they can ride in a car that, without a seatbelt. I'm going to push back on that because I don't know if this is the right term, but like little people, is that the right term? Yeah. Is it? I don't or know. Little people? Sure. I don't imagine. You can't say the M word. I know. I, I don't imagine that they need a car seat forever. So I, I, I'd find it odd if it was a height requirement. I'm, I'm Googling it right now. Riding in a car. Like there are some full grown women that are like not little people that are just five foot or barely. Here it is. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Tennessee, children under one year or less than 20 pounds must be secured in a rear-facing car seat in a rear seat. Right. Is that you? Yeah. They're 25 and 26 pounds. Children's age one to three or more than 20 pounds may be secured in a forward-facing car seat in the rear seat. Oh, we're not doing that until they're two. That was... <laughs> that's not happening. See, so there's... I think that's my wife thing. She's like, <laughs> uh, how much should a kid... Wait, if your child is technically old enough to legally ride in a rear seat, they may not weigh enough to safely sit in one. At least, at a minimum, your child should weigh at least 40 pounds before using a belt position booster seat. Yeah, no, as I stated, I don't trust Tennessee laws. So um, <laughs> I'm going to wait until they're two and then we can flip them around. Damn. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of differing opinions on that. I'm not going to go on that rabbit hole. Right. It's, a, Holy it's shit. the whole thing. But anyway, thanks for having me back. What do we miss? I don't know. I mean, we talked a lot about our kids. <laughs> That's a common thing. Yeah. Have you gone out to eat anywhere recently? Oh, my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, no. We were supposed to go on a date night this past Sunday. and You guys were doing that pretty well every Sunday night for a while. Yeah, well, my mom was here. To watch them. Oh. Yeah. So she hasn't been here. So um, now it costs us money to have somebody watch them. So uh, no, you didn't so, realize how nice that was. Yeah, it was great. Uh, she'll be back at the end of the month to visit. So we'll see. But um, no, we uh, were supposed to go out on Sunday. And then our we had our family photo shoot and it was late. It like started at golden hour, which is like seven. Their bedtime 730. So they were like on one mm. for that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, you can't tell in the photos. It's great job. Rob Gonzalez. Great job. But um. All that to say is like we were going to go out after and then we were like, OK, it's Sunday. It's July 3rd. It's now 830. There is literally nothing open within a 10 mile radius of us. And we didn't really want to go down to Nashville, too. So you didn't want to. That's when the dude perfect just just let out. Yeah. Like that was just kind of we were like, this is probably not an ideal time to go. But Brian actually went to um, Keppard. Really? Yeah. For his one year, his uh, our partner, Michael like surprised him on where he was going. We thought that he was going to Kane. We were just told to like dress nice. So he, I didn't go. He went. So I dressed him. He looked so good. Um, He's <laughs> like, you are definitely dilfing it tonight. It was so good. Um, he wore a like wedding out. Anyway, uh, 
he looked really great. And then he was like, I'll send you a picture of where we are. And he sent me a picture and I'm like, I can't figure out where that is. He said, I'll send you another until you get it. And he sent me a couple more and I was like, you're a fucking catbird seat. And I've never been there. I was so jealous. Oh, I was so jealous. But he had a good time. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you need to go. You need to go to catbird seat. Uh, I was so mad. I know. I do need to go. It had Ben and Max in. I missed you on that one because yeah. I know that, that would be one that. I love. I love Ben and Max. Benjamin and Max. I go by Benjamin now? He's always gone by Benjamin. I've never called him that. Benjamin, I apologize. I've only ever called you by your street name. Well, it's funny because like he says, my name is Benjamin. Uh-huh. And then he introduces, like, my name is Benjamin Goldberg. Everything that I've ever seen. It is Benjamin written it's out. It's Benjamin yeah. written out. And so I asked him, I said, do you? He's like, well, my mom calls me Benjamin. And I prefer to be called Benjamin. But people call me whatever they want. And I'm like, oh. well, since I have Matthew and William, and we're intentionally Matthew and William, and people are like, hey, Will, Will's still. No, no, no. His name is William. Like, yeah. and I have to like correct people. His name's not Matt. It's Matthew. Sure. Like Matthew McConaughey, like made his entire life as Matthew. Right. Not Matt. And um, so now whenever anybody says like their name, like, do you prefer to be called Benjamin? He's like, I do. And I'm like, oh, well then now you're Benjamin. It's that's, great. That's actually one of my fears with our kids because her name is Noelle, but we call her Belly. And I hope she doesn't prefer that. <laughs> I hope that that's just like a cute... <laughs> No, I think I think kids are going to whatever they want, but mine are very intentional with yeah. William and Matthew and yeah. whatever. Whatever they whatever they decide when they get older is fine. Sure. But like our chef uh, at Greenhouse Grill, Christopher, mm-hmm. it's so funny because I'll see this all the time for people out there. Just recognize this. People walk up and they'll say, "Oh, nice to meet you," and he'll go, "My name is Christopher," and they go, oh, "Nice to meet you, Chris." Yeah. It's like he. It's like if I said, my name is Brandon. They go, what's up, B? What's up, Bran? I'm well, like, I, I introduce Brandon. myself as Jennifer all the time in professional settings, and nobody ever <laughs> called me Jennifer. It's, isn't that weird, though? Yeah. Like, I just met you. I told you my name was Jennifer, and you go, oh, thanks, Jen. It's nice to meet you. Like, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. I don't I don't care, but I do intentionally introduce myself as Jennifer in professional settings. But when people say, it's nice to meet you, Jennifer, or they continue to call you Jennifer, do you notice that at all? I do. Do you prefer that? No, not necessarily. Um, I just hate Jenny. I hate being called Jenny. My wife hates Jenny too. Yeah, that's my, one that like, Jennifer. if your name is Jenny, that's fine. I have friends named Jenny. I just, for me, it doesn't fit. No. Um, so I don't like it. You don't look like a Jenny. No. I always wanted to be called Jenna. And I tried really hard when I was in middle school to like make it a thing. And it never stuck. Everyone was just like, what's up, Jen? And I'm like, okay, well, I guess it's just Jen then. I uh, think I'm going to stop this. Jen Ichikawa. <laughs> Yeah, depending on who you ask. <laughs> Don't ask the government. Like, That's not our name. Why? I never changed it. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I was going to change it, and then the pandemic hit. Like, I had all my stuff, and then the pandemic hit, and all the offices were closed, and then I just, like, never got around to fixing it. So, legally, there's no Ichikawa. There's no Jennifer Ichikawa. Brian says that every time. He's always like, Jennifer Ichikawa, I wonder, she sounds nice. Like, I wonder who that is. <laughs> Like a nice person. <laughs> well, Jennifer. There you go. <laughs> this is a fun moment here. Yeah. Do you know why? Why? Because you get to give us the Gordon Food Service final thought. Oh, it's sponsored. Yeah. That's cool. Well, now we have the Gordon Gordon Food Service. We our, love GFS. Our title sponsor. Yeah, we do. I love GFS. They're Brian good. goes to GFS basically daily. He loves them. <laughs> They'll deliver now. I need to go talk to him. Yeah. Because... Um, 
I can help him there. Yeah. No, we love we love GFS a lot. Um, okay. Well, all I'd say is, I guess, don't define yourself by what you do. Define yourself by who you are in the world. I think that's a really important thing that I've learned and I'm still learning. And just try to be kind to one another. I think we're all just here to walk each other home. And I think we forget that. And if we're kind and we vote for legislation that doesn't go against our own interests, um, then I think we'll all be better off and, you know, love your neighbor. That's it. Okay. I love it. Yeah. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. I'm going to start scheduling interviews with you. <laughs> Just say, will you be here on this day? Come on in. So now everybody knows, though. Now everybody knows that yeah. you're okay mm-hmm. and that um, you haven't been on the show intentionally. Mm-hmm. We're not fighting. No, Brandon fired me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had, you know, I had Delia Joe Ramsey as a mm-hmm. co-host, and I had Kelly Sutton as a co-host, then I had Jenny Chikawa as a co-host, and I'm like, what am I doing over here, guys? <laughs> And I understand that Delia was with Eater. Yeah. So she had her thing. And then Kelly is now like hosting the Grand Ole Opry, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Yeah. I didn't leave to do anything better. I left <laughs> to, to trim my life. <laughs> yes. But I'm just saying like, I'm, I'm over here in my own head going, what am I doing wrong? Like, yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, it's you. But I wanted everybody to know that. No, yeah. Uh, I It was a, an intentional choice on my part. Um, But it would be really funny if I just like, all of a sudden was like, oh, also, I started my own podcast. <laughs> it's my own podcast. It's called Jen's Restaurant Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Cisco's our big sponsor. I am. Do you know what I'm doing? I'm doing some pop-ups. Cool. I'll plug these really fast. Yeah. Is that we are, uh, Kayla Ellis from the Oak Steakhouse uh-huh. is going to have her own podcast. Cool. On Nashville Restaurant Radio. We're going to do six episodes. Nice. The first episode is going to air on July 16th. What is the Wednesday? Hold on. I'm going to tell you exactly what day to, to mark your calendars. So it's going to be Wednesday the 13th is her first show. Cool. She's going to be here today. I'm going to show her how to do all the stuff. Nice. And it's going to be kind of like, I've, she has a name for it and everything, uh, where she's going to be talking to people in the bar industry. Cool. So she's a beverage director for Oak and Oku, and yeah. she was an amazing interview. So much fun. And I thought, all these restaurants are doing pop-ups. And all the time I talk to people that are like, dude, I wanted to start a podcast. Right. And I'm like, why didn't you? Like, right. You should do it. And so I'm going to, I'm trying to find some really, and I've got the next three of them like lined up. Cool. But- my first pop-up is going to be Kayla Ellis doing bartenders talking. She's got a Kinde Lagundier is going to be coming in, but she's got a bunch of people nice. set up. A couple of her, her lead bartenders from Oku and, and Oak are going to be in. They're just going to talk about bar stuff cool, and really bartenders and issues that bartenders are facing and just kind of that side of the world because I'm just not that great at it. Well, you don't drink. I don't drink and I haven't bartended in 15 years. Yeah. And that's not to say like, I don't care, don't respect none of that stuff. But every time I interview somebody who's like a bartender, I'm like, I wish somebody who knew more about this could interview you. Right. I love talking about leadership and I love talking about visionary. What what are you doing next? What do you see coming down? Like hearing what other people's process is. But like as far as the bar stuff, I'm like, I just, I want to represent that side of the industry really well. Right. And I think she'll do a really good job. Yeah. If she does really, if the six episodes take off, then maybe we do more. 
But yeah. right now we're just doing six and then I'm uh, Benjamin and Max have said they're going to come on and they will do six. Cool. They interview all of their chefs from their restaurants. Cool. I thought that would be kind of a fun thing. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, I've got a lot of different... I want to do every Wednesday and I want to do a pop-up episode. So we'll, nice. that'll start July 13th and then you'll have a Monday and a Wednesday episode every week and cool. that Wednesday episode will be something completely different. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Good so whenever you. you want to do your pop-up, let me know. <laughs> we'll do the Jen Funt Ichikawa <laughs> question mark? <Yeah. laughs> Jen Funt Ichikawa? <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, All right. Well, thanks for coming in today. And uh, there's your update, everybody. There's your update. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, holy cow. That was a fun interview. Thank you, Jen, for coming back in studio and getting us caught up. Um, you may have hated that episode. I thoroughly loved hanging out with Jen and every time that I get to hang out with Jen, I feel enlightened and I feel happy and I feel, um, all the things cause she is an amazing human. Thank you, Jen, for joining the show again. And I can't wait for another day when we can do interviews together because you're awesome. Uh, I hope that you out there are doing great. Again, send me your favorite Mexican restaurants. I need to know. We want to, we're going to do a bracket. We will, we're, you're going to be able to vote. Hopefully this thing gets pretty intense. I'm pretty excited. So thank you guys for listening today. Hope that you guys are being safe. Have a wonderful weekend. We will see you Monday with Chef Brian Lee Weaver. Love you guys. Bye.